Hello, folks. This is Princess. You are listening to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share with your friends. That's tough. We're in a very tough spot. I think that what we're doing right now is of great benefit and virtue because it's an end around between this whole corrupt informational system, media system. We claim to believe in a God who spoke the universe into existence and literally raised himself from the dead. And yet we are not going to believe that anything else exists in the spirit realm, even though his word tells us that they do. Their bodies weren't permitted to go to sleep like humans do. And they weren't permitted to go to heaven. So they wander the earth. You know, I've seen the eyes turn black to unknown tongues being spoken. These giants would live way up in the highland. The young braves, the young men, would hide up in the trees and wait for one of these 12-footers to come walking down the path, and they would jump on him and kill him, and drag him back to the village, and the village would feast on the body. Then people start to get weapons, they start to get armor, they start to build cities, they start to fortify their cities. Now, God looks down and there's violence everywhere. The battle, this war that we are at, is not against each other. It's against these principalities and these rulers and these archons in the high places. It's really worthwhile to read the Bible yourself. Fear is one of the primary drivers of mind control. Because we have to take every thought captive and resist fear you're going to have a testimony that is a justice case against the kingdom of darkness. Welcome back to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. I have an excellent episode in store for you guys. Pastor Sean Conroy is here. He is a part of the Prodigal Sons Podcast These guys are local to me, and they have an amazing show. His story is a heartfelt one. I know that this is going to touch somebody out there. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I know you guys will as well. Don't forget to check the show notes on each episode, you guys, in the description. You can find the email to contact me. And I want to thank you for the people who have been emailing and encouraging and asking questions and commenting and sharing their stories with me via email. And if I missed you guys, I'm sorry. Please re-email me again. But it's definitely encouraging, and I love getting feedback from the listeners. We all have a story and a testimony to share, and it's an honor to have shared the stories I've already shared, and there's plenty more to come. You guys, leave me that five-star rating review. That helps the show grow. It helps us get connected with more people like us. And I'm ready for this episode. I'm not going to waste any more time. Are you guys ready? Let's go. Let's go. Pastor Sean Connor for the Prodigal Sons podcast, and I'm here on Millennial Mustard Seed, Ease of Edification. That's a dope intro, Sean. It's good to have you here with me, man. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'll tell you what, man. Life has been crazy, so trying to 
get the word out and be with a, another brother in Christ, man, this just makes uh, makes my day. There's something about when we dwell together in unity and other people being aware of who's who, where we're at and what's going on, I think is so important. Just kind of walk us into your upbringing, what brought you to Christ and to everything that you're doing today. Sure. Um, so I was uh, born and raised Boston, Massachusetts, um, born and raised Roman Catholic, um, which uh, we could talk about for a whole episode by itself, but um, nothing <laughs> against them. It's just, I don't, I don't you know, we, we're going to have disagreements across the board uh, as, as Christians, but absolutely. Um, so that was my, my early life. Uh, my grandmother was really a huge spiritual part of my life as a kid. She's the one that took me to church. She's the one that taught me about Christ. She's the one that taught me about the Lord. Um, and so I did that for years. Um, and then when I was 16, my mother got sick, she got cancer and she passed away. And, um, when you believe, and there's nobody here on earth to get mad at, who do you get mad at? And for me, I took that out on God and I spent 20 years, uh, on my own, um, trying to figure it out, trying to find a better way, trying to like, why would God do this to me? So I just spent years being angry with the Lord. And, uh, man, that's tough. I'll tell you what, like that is no way to live, but, um, you know, God is good. And by his grace, we are, we, you know, he never gives up on us. He never leaves us. Like when I look back now, I can see a, a thousand times that God stepped into my life and was like, Nope, even though I was mad at him, wasn't talking to him. He still didn't let me get in the trouble I deserved. Um, but back in 2013, uh, me and the mother of my kids had broken up. Um, we went our separate ways after 15 years and, I literally went to a six month drunken coma, I guess is the best way I can put it. Like I would wake up and drink. I would drink all day at work. I would drink all night till I fell asleep. And I just, I shut down from the world and I didn't know what to do with myself. And uh, I went out for my birthday in two, April, 2014. Um, and it was my actual birthday and it's my rebirth day. So it kind of, they, they coincide, but I was, uh, I was, so messed up, I couldn't spell the word car, let alone drive one. And uh, I'm flying down 422, doing like 120 miles an hour, steering with my knee. I had like a cigarette in my cell phone in one hand. I'm talking. I had like a, a beer can in the, in the console. I had a bottle of whiskey in my other hand, you know, just out of control. And um, when uh, I got down past Oaks on the 422, uh, I was heading east, the westbound lane. Like I know, like those S bends just past Fort, uh, the just past the Oaks exit. I looked into yeah, the left yeah. lane, into the left lane, and uh, which I'm sure none of that's going to make any sense to some of your listeners. They have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's a high area for you know police usually there. So it's it's by the grace of God I even made it that far as as intoxicated as I was. And uh, but I look over in the westbound lane, heading back towards where I lived, and uh, there's two cars. It's like 2.30 in the morning. I was trying to go to the casino because I know the casino served drinks after two. They served till like five in the morning. Not that I needed another drink, but that's what I wanted. And um, so these two cars were pulled over, hazard lights on. I could see the front car, their bottom, their back bumper was down. And the front, the back car, their front bumper was down. And I could see there were kids in the car and I could see moms and people were upset. So it was April. It was around like spring break time for school. And I'm thinking two families, I went to Disneyland, had a great week. Came home, little jet lag, had a little fender bender at 2.30 in the morning coming home from the airport. And I, I can't verify that. That's my guess as to what had happened. Um, but for me, I'm a numbers guy. Like I, I crunch numbers and, 
you know, when a plane leaves Boston at 9 a.m. and a train leaves Chicago at 10 a.m., where do they meet? And my thinking was, if I had been coming the other way, doing the same thing at the same time, when they had their little fender bender, I'd have come through and I'd have hit them all, which uh, was a very eye-opening experience in the moment, um, you know, because I'm immediately thinking, man, I could have killed all these people. And um, so I pulled over just before the Audubon exit about half a mile up the road. And I threw the bottle out the window. I threw the cigarette out the window, threw the beer can out the window. I probably threw the phone out the window at this, you know, threw it all out at the moment. But, um, and I just started to cry. I just started to weep. And I, uh, I just said, God, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. I know I had before this, I had, uh, I had checked out in other religions. I had gone to, um, a mosque, um, you know, so I'd st- I was I was checking into Islam, I was checking into Judaism, I was checking into Buddhist. Um, I don't know if you know this, but there is a religion dedicated to the dude from um, Big Lebowski. There's a whole religion related to dudeism, but that's what they call it. I looked into that, and nothing really seemed to catch my attention. But I oh, didn't. Wow. Yeah, like I looked into a lot of. I spent months trying to figure some stuff out, and um, but I didn't want to turn back to God. I was still very angry with him. And I was like, there's no way, there's no way, there's got to be another answer. And in that moment, when I, you know, in a drunken rage and, and stupor and, and seeing that, and I, I just, the first words out of my mouth, reward, I can't do this anymore. God, take it. I can't, t- I cannot do this anymore. And um, I sat there for a couple hours, I'm sure, just crying. The, so the sun came up and I got, I drove home and, um, at that point, I was like, okay, this is, I got to do something different. Two weeks later, my brother got married. I was his best man, um, a pastor friend of mine that I've known for years. And actually, I was extremely rude to him. I was his solitarsis. Uh, you know, I persecuted him for being a Christian because I was angry with God. And he um, he officiated the wedding and he kept bugging me for like two days, you know, with the rehearsal and the the wedding, he's like, man, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Everything's fine. And again, I was, I was drinking at the wedding and was really messed up. And um, all night it had been, it was like this, this prick in the back of my neck. Like somebody was poking me in the back of the neck saying, why are you lying? Well, just tell this man what's going on. He's your friend. Tell him what's going on. And I wouldn't. But then I got home that night and uh, I texted uh, my, my buddy uh, and was just like, no. No, I'm lying. I'm full of it. Nothing's right. Nothing's good. Everything's just kind of going crazy. And uh, so within like 30 seconds, he messages me back and says, listen, come meet with me tonight or you know, later tonight. And uh, my office, you know where it is around six o'clock. We'll meet. We'll talk um, and, and we'll see where things are going. And I did. I went. I met with him and uh, we did some, you know, some, some prayer and, and just talked and um, I was able to unload uh, a lot of things that have been bothering me. And um, so at that point, you know, I, I was crying and, and you know, like a baby most of the, the meeting. And then um, the end of the conversation, like as we're getting ready to like, you know, call it a night and we're both going to head home. So we're getting kind of late. Um, I decided to, to ask Christ into my heart right there in the moment. Uh, I had a whole prayer with, with the Lord and invited him and just said, listen, you got to take over. I just, I have no control. I have no idea what's going on. Um, and I'm just a mess. And, um, 
So at that point, I, I started. I, I met with him for a few more weeks in his office, and then uh, after like six meetings, um, I decided to start attending service um, at Birdsboro Church of the Nazarene. Uh, that's where he was pastoring at the time, and um, got there. You know, start started, you know, healing and started um, being filled, and, and and really just getting you know, the information and the parts of the life, my life that I hadn't been receiving. Uh, and it was pretty amazing. And at that point I had to realize that I had to answer a calling that I had been receiving since I was a little kid, since about six or seven years old. And, um, you know, it was a calling to, to pastor, uh, to preach and, and I couldn't ignore it anymore. It was just too much. It was too heavy on me. Uh, it was in my heart and on my mind at all times. And so I just, I gave in and I, I started the process and it's a whole process. I mean, every church has their process and uh, there were issues and bumps along the way. There was, um, you know, issues with financial aid for schooling and stuff and a, a lot of stuff that, you know, kept me from. But the, the thing is, I knew that God had me going in the direction he wanted me. So I wasn't going to let it, let it let me down at that point. So I just kept moving forward. I kept plugging forward and whatever I couldn't get done in the moment, like some of the stuff with the government and, and, and uh, financial aid and stuff. I had to push past that. I had to keep going. And then there was uh, other programs that came along that was able to help out and stuff. So, um, you know, I'm still going along, um, doing, doing my process to get ordained. I still have a couple years, more classes to do, but I know I'm definitely heading in the right direction now uh, and going where, where God is leading me. Um, and that's a pretty amazing feeling to know that no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, what you've come from, uh, even when you don't want God to be in your situation, you don't want him to be part of your life. You don't want him to have any, anything to do with him. He literally will stand there and just wait and just be like, I've been here the whole time, bud. whatever I can do to help you out, that's what I'm here for. And that's just an amazing feeling that, you know, even in the bad times, you've always got Christ standing right there with you. Yeah. That's, that's such a powerful testimony. I mean, just, listening to everything that you went through, you know, like you lose your mother when you're young, you spend 20 years in the world, just chasing everything that was not meant for you. And, and how, you know, your, your grandmother had like, kind of like prophesied, like she used her, her terms from, you know, the Catholic background about what she thought you were going to be. But, and, you know, sometimes people around us, they're going to pick up on the fact that there's an anointing on her life, even even though it can look really rough and ugly on the outside. And then, you know, you go through this, like, I mean, you're a single dad, like you're taking care of your kids. Yeah. You are literally at this place where, where in your testimony, you're winding down to the, the end of your way of doing things and starting to understand the calling and where you are today. I mean, it's just fascinating because there's so many people I talk to off air or even on air. And it's just like that story shows different details, different places, different names and different extreme uh, aspects, but there's something to it. When the, the men and women who are being called by the living God start to wake up and understand the truth is definitely stranger than fiction. There's something more going on here. I can't keep living the way that I have been living. And it's edifying to hear that because there's, there's a listener out there. I just know it. I know there's somebody out there who's going to be able to relate 
to your story. So, Sean, I want to ask you, with the Prodigal Sons podcast, now you guys are local to me. I actually moved out of the neighborhood like two months ago, uh, currently residing at an undisclosed location, still in the southeastern Pennsylvania area, taking that line from L.A. Marzulli. I want to ask you about the show. You got a couple hosts. You guys come together. You kind of rough it in just raw material content just expressing what you guys are going through and wrestling through all these ideas, brothers together in unity. Tell us, tell us about the show. Tell us about your show. So yeah, prodigal sons. Um, yeah, we've been at it. We started actually during the pandemic, March, 2020, uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic, right as everything's the, uh, everything's hitting the fan. So to say, um, God just put it on me like to do, like a radio show or something. And I went to another gentleman in the church and, and brought the idea to him like, Hey, would you do this with me? And he was on board. And I had a, there was a radio station down in Concha Hawken, um, that a couple pastor friends of mine ran and, um, we were going to jump in with them. We were going to get a slot time slot on, on their, you know, on their, uh, at their state in their studio. And when I called to get airtime, um, you know, they were like, Hey, listen, we apologize, but, we're closing the studio. Like the rent got ridiculous. They're not willing to work with us. They just don't want us here and things are not going to, you know, we're, we're shutting everything down. We're actually going to move on from this. And so it's kind of like, that was kind of a gut punch. And, um, so I went back and talked to my pastor and, I, and we prayed with over it. And, and I just said, you know, pa- pastor, you know, pastor Pete, Peter Clark, I said, um, Pete, you know, we, we really need to, I need to do something. I need to find a way to do this. Like, and you know, do you know anybody in the Nazarene church that does something like this? And he goes, I don't know anybody. He goes, but we have room. There was four rooms in the basement of our church that were kind of not used very much. And, um, you know, nice clean spaces, but just unused, you know, a lot of churches have these unused rooms sometimes. And we had so like four rooms. And so he said, you're more than welcome. He goes, the church will help purchase equipment. And, um, you know, whatever you need, let's get it going. Like, I, I really think this will help, especially with this, you know, the pandemics going on, you know, you can get the word out, but you don't have to, you know, people don't have to come and that you can get, just get it out and people can hear this information. So, um, we announced it at a Sunday service that we were going to look into doing this. And if anybody wanted to help, help us build the studio, paint, stuff like that. Um, and that afternoon I got a text from, uh, Dave Duncan, who was on the show with me. Um, he text and say, hey, listen, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm really like, uh, I'd like to be able to help with this if I can, like, you know, even if it's just like a producer or, or behind the scenes stuff. And so I was like, yeah, man, we're meeting Wednesday night. Come on down. Uh, and then I spoke to Pastor uh, Tom Rivera and I asked him because I felt like God was calling him into the situation. And uh, we had another gentleman on the show that started with me, a gentleman I immediately went to the idea with. And um, so we, we got started. And we, we started doing the show and um, things were, we, the first night we met, um, my son was with me. It was me, uh, Dave, this other gentleman, Tom, me, and uh, my son and uh, Pastor Pete and my son are setting up a cell phone. And like, um, we had, we were really had some bad equipment when we first, we didn't have a whole lot. We had an old mixing board from the church that was kind of beat up and, uh, we just got an audio interface, like an audio input for four mics, and that plugged into an old cell phone that somebody had, and that's what we use. We use an old cell phone, and we just went on Facebook Live, and then 
we downloaded that recording to like my laptop and then we put that out on anchor to, to the podcast platforms. But, um, so we did that. And then we brought in another gentleman, Elijah Griffin, who's on the show still, uh, who's with us now. He's our fourth. And, um, you know, we just came up with this idea in the beginning that it was going to be prodigal sons. We were all from different backgrounds and we'd all kind of had that prodigal life like me, where I was 20 years away from the Lord. And then, you know, he brought me back in and all, all the other four, the other three gentlemen also have those kind of similar backstories. So we were prodigal sons and, and, and our, our motto was real, real men, real faith, real talk. And, um, you know, so we, we're who we are. If you met me on the street, I'm the same guy on the show that I am on the street. Uh, so these guys, we just, uh, we share our faith and we just want, you know, we're kind of, you know, if you watch the podcast, it's, it's like a mix of impractical jokers and a couple of pastors. Um, <laughs> we really just tell a lot of jokes and we pick on each other. We're, we're brothers. So we, you know, we, we pick on each other. And if anybody does anything during the week that we find to be funny, you know, somebody does something, you know, something ridiculous or, um, we bring it up. We talk about it. We don't hold it back. Like, um, you know, we just, we just bring it up. Like I've had issues where, you know, unfortunately, I, driving is a big pet peeve of mine. I tend to get a little bit of road rage. I get a little aggravated with bad drivers. And uh, so, look, I yell. I know they can't hear me, but I yell anyway. And that, that comes up a lot on the show. And, um, <laughs> you know, because I tell them, we tell each other everything. So they know. So they always bring it up. We, you know, we, yeah. we just it's really a really good accountability group for me and for the, and for the other guys as well um, to keep you know, keep ourselves in check and having that, that fellowship to keep us grounded and together and, and moving forward in the same direction. We're all called to do the same thing with this, with this podcast. And it, it's just been amazing. Like I said, it's been, uh, shoot, it's been almost three years. March will be three years and we're like 122 episodes in. And, you know, at one point we're kind of like, do we do this? Like, is there still more topics we can talk about? We've been doing this for a long time. And then, you know, God's like, really? All the things that I have in the Bible and you guys are done run, coming up with topics, all the things that happen in the world on a daily basis. And you guys can't think of a good topic to come up with. And sure enough, you know, we went back to the drawing board and we came up with a new plan for how we come up with topics. And uh, so they just keep coming. The Lord keeps providing. And it's been it's been an amazing experience um, just to be a part of it, because we, we've had people come up. Uh, I was in Walmart here by in Exeter, kind of near where I live. And, and I have my prodigal son's T-shirt on with our logo on it. And this woman walked up and she's like, Oh, I love the shirt. Where did you get it? And I said, Oh, well, and then she looks at me and as I started to talk, she goes, Oh, wait, you're the guy from the show. Her father listens to us. He's a pastor in the Reading area and he listens to us. And she recognized me because he makes her watch it once in a while. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It was kind of neat. Like, um, you know, and she kind of went into like how it, how it affected her, her father's, uh, he was older. She was about my age. I'm in my, my mid forties, early to mid forties. Uh, she was about my age. I'm going to say she was in her mid, her early thirties, uh, out of respect, but she was, um, so her father was a, an older pastor who was kind of, I don't believe he was near, fully at the end of his career, but he was kind of at like the way she was telling me, like he was at a, a point where he was like considering retiring. Somehow he found us and here was a couple of, you know, a couple of us are pastors on the show. Um, Dave has mm. preached before. He's not, he's not going for ordination or anything, but he preaches. He preaches on a, on a fairly consistent basis, like once or twice a year, three times a year. And he goes to other churches, uh, other pastors in the district call on him to, to preach. And um, here was this older pastor that was kind of like, listen to us. And, and by the grace of God, he found a renewed sense of spirit in, in his calling. Um, 
which to me was just mind blowing that this gentleman who's been doing it for years um, found something in, in us being goofballs and being ourselves and making jokes and and being biblical at the same time, um, bringing it, you know, bringing in stories and sharing our experiences. But I think that's really what it's about. I mean, if we're not sharing our experiences and we're not talking about the truth of what happens, like if we just try to make Christianity all sunshine and rainbows, I think we're letting a lot of people down. Um, Absolutely. You know, we're failing new Christians. If we pretend that it's all sunshine and rainbows and we're not human, like, Pastor does not mean above. There, there's nowhere in the in that title. There's nowhere in that uh, that means above the people. Like, um, you know, I think sometimes, unfortunately, we, we tend to put pastors on a pedestal because you know they're called to preach and they're called to teach and we're called to lead. Um, but that doesn't make any any difference to God. We're still all we're still all as children. He loves us all the same, and I think sometimes we forget that, and we, we think that sometimes pastors are are godlike, more holy for some reason. And that's one of the things I've had to learn over the last couple of years. And not that I've ever let being a pastor go to my head, but trying to keep people in check. Like, read the Bible. You're a minister just as much as I am. We're all called to ministry. We're all called to minister to those who don't who don't know Christ. So we're all ministers. I've just been asked to speak in front of the congregation. That's the only real difference. Um, I understand. Yes, we do. We do. You know, we hold to a higher respect. You know, a higher standard. Um, in your in your lead, but we're all we're all ministers. We're all supposed to minister. So everybody's job is to minister. There's just a, a a different calling, and I think we all have a calling. But I think some of us are called to do something just a little bit different. And I think that's a big thing to remember that we're all on this road together. We're all heading in the same direction. And if we forget to stop at the roadside and pick somebody up who's down or at least just talk with them, you know, so they get encouragement along the way. And so, sometimes we need to share when we're down and, and get encouragement and, and be lifted up. Um, I mean, Moses even had Aaron and her to, to lift his arms when he couldn't when he couldn't hold them up anymore. And I think it, there's a lot of times that we forget as Christians, it's not sunshines or rainbows. And it, it drags us into a position where we can be drugged down because we're pride pride's a big one we, you know nobody wants to to admit their dirty little secrets or when they're hurt or being bothered and i think we kind of just push that to the side and we pretend like it didn't happen and we don't want to deal with it and i think that's the, that's where we miss the point i think we're in this together we're families we're brothers and sisters like there is nothing that has happened in my life that I should not be able to tell you or tell somebody that listens to this podcast or my podcast that, you know, me and my brothers, they could call and say, Hey, listen, I heard what you said, but I don't understand how I can do that. And we, we can talk about that. Tell me what your problems are. You know, for me, like Jesus says, you know, my yoke is, is light and my burden or my yoke is easy. And my, my burden is light. I think we forget when we start sharing that information, those hard times, the things that are that are beating us up, the things that are dragging us down, when we share that, it literally lightens our load. It doesn't make it heavier. It doesn't make it harder to deal with. Um, like I, I've been going through it for the last you know six months to a year now where some things have happened in my, in my life and in my church life, and it just kind of beat me up and drug me down. And, and I kind of get into it because, you know, my work is I'm not a, I'm not a paid pastor. I, I work a secular job and um, it's been brutal. Like I've been uh, one person for I'm a mate. I do maintenance work and I, I have 66 houses I'm responsible for. So I got burned out in my, my work life 
which then translated over into my spiritual life and my emotional life. And it just, it beat me down and it beat me down. And instead of going to my brothers and sisters, instead of going to my pastor and I just kept thinking, man, I'll get through this. I just, God will carry me through this. God will bring me, th and God does bring us through it. Don't get, there were days that I shouldn't have been able to take it two steps out my front door, but he kept me going. But if we're not sharing our burdens with one another, if we're not leaning on one another, if we're not sharing our experiences so other people can, you know, can be brought up through something that we've shared. So maybe they don't hit those, those bumps in the road that we do. It just, that makes our journey so much more difficult. And the problem is you can't see spiritual warfare. So when you let something affect you and it's, it's there, the enemy will use that. And sometimes the enemy doesn't come out. Sometimes the stuff that we do has nothing to do with the enemy. We beat ourselves up more than the enemy will half the time anyway. We are harder on ourselves and we get ourselves into more trouble than the enemy ever will. Half, the, half of his job is done sometimes because of what we think inside our own heads. We're our own worst enemy sometimes. Um, but spiritual warfare is real. And when you start to, like for me, I know I was fighting it um, because I wasn't sharing, because I wasn't leaning in. Um, I, I hadn't been attending church for, for weeks. Um, and when you start to disconnect, when you start to recluse yourself, God doesn't walk away, but it's a lot harder for the Holy Spirit to work through you and to work through other people with you to help lift you up and encourage you because they don't know what's going on because you're not sharing. And for me, that's what I did. And then it was like quicksand. Like I just felt like I was on this island by myself and it started sinking. I was drowning by myself out there alone. Now we know that's not true, but we know the enemy will take that and he will build upon that. And he will, he will, you know, press into that and he'll twist it and he'll manipulate it. It makes us, um, just want to, like I said, just want to recluse ourselves, just back off. And we run, you know, a lot like Jonah. Um, God gives us this, this, this task, this, this process, this journey. And something happens and it doesn't go the way we want. Or, you know, somebody says something we didn't like about it. And we just, we run and we, we try to hide from it instead of pressing into it. So maybe I can't carry this burden by myself. But if I had asked for help, if I'd reached out, how much easier would it have been for me to go forward? I wouldn't have to have been in the whale, in the belly of the whale for six months, eight months, a year. Um, so uh, there, there's, there's many different seasons in the Christian walk. Oh, definitely. And in my experience, like there's, there's definitely times where we're meant to be in the desert because God doesn't want any other voices in our head other than his. And then there's times where it's like, and I mentioned this on another episode, where it's like when David and the men come in and they're, they're out there exposing the enemy, like warfare, and they come in and they eat the showbread off the table because they're like, look, we're starving. And I think with the body of Christ, what like we need to like see it from this aspect of like when a brother comes in from the desert, who's got the gift of healing, uh, uh, the gift of servitude, right? Or <laughs> because we might need some wounds wrapped and then who's, you know, the encourager. And, and, and there should be many, many of those gifts within the meeting places. But I, what you're saying, I can relate to some of it. And what I was thinking is just, it's hard sometimes to put all the stock in just a fellowship because God may want to say something to us that nobody else can hear. And then there's times where we need nothing more than to be with brothers dwelling together in unity. 
So I love hearing those experiences and just I'm saying that more for the listeners and a reminder to myself and for you, Pastor Sean, because there's many different ways that God is doing things that that doesn't make sense to us. But when we get together and we encourage each other, like just, you know, another local podcaster, you know, you guys are over there doing awesome stuff on the prodigal son. I love the sense of humor. I've listened to a couple episodes and you put out a lot of content. I've probably listened to like five to seven of your shows over the last like year or two. Um, and I've liked everything I heard. It's for me. I'm like, yo, <laughs> that should be like the after hour spot on the Sunday when church closes. Like everybody's like, get out of here. I'm trying to go to the waffle place. Right. I'm trying to, Oh, there's a sale over at Macy's. And I'm like, I don't even congregate with people like that. First of all, I'm, you know, I'm more or less like in the gutter with people that are limping around prophesying and, and fighting spiritual battles and, and educating ourselves so that we can be iron worthy to sharpen on other iron. But when I hear what you guys are doing, I'm like, man, if I was attending all the time locally at like a building, I would want, like church to end and grab a coffee and like that be the conversation. Like what you guys are doing, like, <laughs> you know, the, the humor and then you're tackling real issues, real topics, real ideas. So um, it, I it definitely feel like there's going to be a part two down the road. I would love to even like link up at some point in time with like all the guys that you're on the panel with over there on the show. Uh, we're really there's a lot that I can't divulge on right now, but a lot going on behind the scenes and, and kind of like the Christian and the Christian fringe scene, you know, this is like all around the country at this point, but I love identifying like who's who, where are we at? And uh, let's lock arms, right? Brothers dwelling together in unity. And I think the four of you over there on the show are demonstrating that. They're just being real, having a sense of humor you know, and diving into these real topics and just sharing each other's testimonies. That's, that's encouraging for me. So I got to kind of wind down here with you, Sean, but I want you to just um, answer this for me and the listeners. If you had one last message you could give to the body of Christ, God was like, listen, this is the last time I'm going to have you on air. I know you love doing this. I'm calling you into deeper waters. What would you say to the body of Christ? Man, um, you're going to get me preaching here soon, um, but I'll try and keep it short because there, there is there's some main points that I've learned over over the last, you know, eight or nine years. And one, never lose your faith. Always trust that no matter what you're going through, no matter how deep the water. The Lord will always part it for you. It may not be the way you look. It may not be the way you want, but he's going to part that part water for you. If you have the faith of a mustard seed, since we're here, he will move a mountain if you want him to. It may not be the whole mountain will not jump up and get into the ocean, but one rock, one boulder, one ton of sand at a time, he's going to move that thing little by little by little. And sometimes we just have to be patient. Always keep your faith. Always trust that God is going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. Don't worry about it in your time because you'll never get there if you try to worry about it from the human perspective and from the human time. Trust that God is going to move it. If he has to move it one pebble at a time, he's going to do it, or he's going to move the whole mountain if he needs to move the whole mountain right then and there. But keep the faith no matter what happens, because coming through on the other side of the mountain is always going to be peace and joy. You can always, you're going to have a life of frustration. You're going to have a life of chaos, but keep your faith and keep moving forward to the peace and the joy that he provides.
Very well said, man. That, that There's some wisdom and season in that for sure. Do you want to let the listeners know where they can find a link to your guys' podcast over there on the Prodigal Sons? And uh, anything else you like just close us out here? Anything else you want to share with us before we get off? No, I just I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to come on and talk with you. We've talked a few times. Uh, we've been trying to do this for a minute, trying to get together. And we finally got together. We even had some small issues tonight, me trying to get home and, and get on there to uh, – to do this and we had some small issues but god is good and here we are but uh yeah, yeah. you can find us uh live at 6 30 uh eastern time on facebook at prodigal sun show and then you can catch us anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast podcast attic anchor spotify apple music um i know there's others those are the big ones i can think of off the top of my head but at prodigal sons podcast um our, our logo is a black background with a teal woven cross and it says real men real faith real talk that's our logo Again, thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, I definitely love to get you over on our show, man, because you bring a different element. Some of the stuff you talk about on your show with the the supernatural and stuff more relates to me than so much, you know, the rest of my podcast crew. But I'd love to get you on there and have that conversation and let them kind of chime in and see where they're at. Because I don't think we really had that kind of a conversation. I think we kind of, we skirt that because I don't think that's one of their big issues but i've had a lot of experiences so i definitely have to get back together with you and talk about that sometime thank you for the kind words and it was an honor to have you here on the show with me and yeah anytime you want me to come rock the boat and possibly sink it over there with the prodigal sons just let me know now we got christ <laughs> sleeping in the corner he'll calm the storm well that's it that's the show everybody if you found this edifying if you heard something through Pastor Sean's testimony, his journey, what he's going through and dealing with, and it resonated with you, share it with a friend, a family member. Share this with your pastor. Coming to you from southeastern Pennsylvania. God bless America. Goodbye. This is Pastor Sean Conroy from the Cross. Let me start. <laughs> yeah, start here. I'm going to have my tongue tied on my own podcast. <laughs>